Welcome to the Lubar Executive Education Podcast. In this episode, we'll be talking about an important aspect of being a leader, which is self-improvement. With me today is Kevin Palmieri. Kevin is the founder and co-host of Next Level University, a global top 100 self-improvement podcast with more than 1,000 episodes reaching over a half a million people in more than 125 countries. Welcome, Kevin. It's great to be with you today. Likewise, Mike, I am excited. We've had some chats behind the scenes, so I know this will go well. That's the goal. It will, I'm sure. (laughs) I think the most important part of being a leader is being self-aware and continuing to work on improving yourself. But unfortunately, most leaders get to a certain level, and then for whatever reason, they stop working on themselves. Because of this, the development programs I create always start with something that gets leaders to take a look in the mirror, celebrate their success, look for opportunities to become better, things like that. With this in mind, my first question for you is how can leaders gain true clarity on who they are and where they want to go, regardless of their level of success in the past? That is a great question, my friend. We often talk about core values, core beliefs, and core aspirations. Those are three words that we throw around quite often. And when you think about core aspirations, it's what are you hoping to accomplish in the long run? Core beliefs are your beliefs on a day-to-day basis. And usually they come from your past. And then your core values are what do you value as a human being? If I was to ask anybody that question, what are your core beliefs, your core values, and your core aspirations? You might get a long pause and you might get somebody to say, I've never really thought of that before. That would be one way. So if you're a leader out there, what are your core values? As a leader, as a human being, what are your core beliefs and what are your ultimate core aspirations? And I think the other thing too, Mike, is when we get to a quote unquote level of success, I think many of us feel better than. So it's almost like, well, I'm better than many of the people that I'm leading. And I don't mean better intrinsically, but maybe I'm more capable. I'm a more capable leader. But that's a very finite way of thinking. When in reality, you should be comparing yourself to your ultimate potential. So I think that there's three different ways you can compare. You can compare to the average, you can compare to the best in the world, and you can compare to the best version of you. I would ask that leader, well, who are you comparing to? Are you comparing to the average leader? Are you comparing to the best leaders in the world? Or are you comparing to the absolute best version of leadership from your perspective? I think those few questions help raise awareness. And then with that new awareness, you can make new decisions. And with new decisions, you get new results. Those are some powerful questions. And I just uh, was thinking about my father as I was growing up. And he always told my brother and I to you know, run our own race and to really compare ourselves, uh, not necessarily to people around us, but to also think about what is our best selves. Setting goals is something that always comes up in several places when we talk about improving and closing gaps. What are the most common errors you see leaders making when they set self-improvement goals? Oh, man. People in general, the number one mistake I see is they set goals that are too big for where they currently are. And I think it's important to stretch yourself. I love that. I love stretching yourself. But you really can only set goals one or two levels above your level of self-belief. Because if you do not believe it is possible believe it is possible for you and believe it will be worth it, you probably won't do the things necessary to actually accomplish it. And then the second thing I would say, Mike, and I've been on this rant for a long time now because I've been guilty of this as well. Goal setting is pretty easy, all things considered. Goal strategizing is where people get stuck. So when you set a goal, also try your best 
to figure out what it means to actually accomplish it. Not only, okay, I want to accomplish this goal, but am I willing to do what it will take to accomplish this goal from my current level of awareness? I uh, had a conversation with a leader and a good friend recently. And I said, what's your net worth goal? Because we were talking about money. And he said, you know, it's interesting, Kev, my awareness is high enough to understand how difficult it will be for me to accomplish a certain net worth goal. So I have to figure out what exactly I'm willing to do for that net worth goal. And I said, that's an interesting place to be because that actual awareness might hold you back from setting a goal. And it's that weird, weird place where you might not, you might know too much in order to set an effective goal. But for most people, I don't think that's the, the case. So I think you have to check in with, well, am I actually willing to do what it takes based on my current awareness of this goal? And the best way is to ask somebody else who is on a similar trajectory or they have a, a similar core aspiration. So after setting your goals and identifying maybe some habits that you have to create to get there, you got to be committed to achieving that goal. What does that commitment look like when it comes to being a leader? I think it's taking the path less traveled. I think there's two types of people. There's people who are very proud of how hard they work. And there's people who are very proud of how easy it's been for them. I am very much the first. I am very proud of how hard I work. So I try to tie that in with, okay, if you are focused on self-improvement, that right there, that goal will open up doors for you and it'll allow you to see things that you couldn't see before. So it's kind of this. When you get in the car, the last thing you want to do is put on a book. The last thing you want to do, you want to listen to the radio. It's summer. I want to roll my windows down. I want to jam, but I'm listening to Simon Sinek's new book. And I have that conversation with myself. What would the best version of Kevin do? The best version of Kevin, although it's a six minute ride home from the gym, he'd, he'd turn on an audiobook or he'd review hit the podcast. So I think you have to have that conversation with yourself. I think a lot of us, it starts with commitment. And again, I'm guilty of everything I've, I've talked about. That's why I'm so passionate about it because I've made many, many, many mistakes and I will continue to make many mistakes. But when we start, it's like I am 10 out of 10 committed. And I like that. I, that's awesome. But it's usually when the resistance comes up that we start to question like, ah, do I really want to do this diet? Do I really want to save this money? The questions that you ask yourself, what would the best version of Mike do? Mike would get in the car He'd start his car and he'd say, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do an audiobook. That's what's right. Or I have everything I need in the freezer. I don't need to order pizza. I know I want to, but I don't need to. So I think it's really battling between emotion and logic. Emotionally, we want to do the thing that's fun and easy. Logically, we know the thing that is difficult and fulfilling will actually bring us our goal. So I think you have to check in with those questions. Why am I doing what I'm doing? Well, because it's easy. Okay, maybe that's not you know, the thing that's going to bring us to where we want to ultimately go. So anytime I'm talking about commitment, I also throw in the two words of staying power. The people who are the most committed are the ones who usually stay the longest. And as a leader, the longer you can stay, the more you'll be able to influence the people around you and the more you pour into yourself through self-improvement, the better leader you will ultimately become. But you have to have that, that conversation with yourself. Am I doing what's best for me right now? Or am I doing what's best for me in the long term? Usually they're two different things, unfortunately. Yeah, you got to keep that long-term mindset, which Always. is challenging, uh, especially oh, when something easy and fun is right in front of you, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. In addition to commitment, you'll need the confidence to do the work to achieve your goals. And 
I've yet to meet a leader who doesn't experience those periods of self-doubt. How can leaders muster up the confidence if they don't have it? And if they do have it, how can they maintain a good level of confidence and not succumb to fears like imposter syndrome? Mm. Mustering up confidence, I think, is it goes first to the first point we made about self-awareness. But it's one of those things where you have to say, okay, on a scale of one to 10, how confident am I actually in blank scenario? Give yourself an answer. The next decision, the next action that you take should be just beyond that. If I have never climbed a mountain before on a scale of one to 10, say my confidence is at two, the last thing I should do is climb Mount Everest. That just is not an intelligent decision. I should choose a mountain local to me that is relatively easy. So say a three or a four, something like that. That's just barely outside of my comfort zone. I think that as leaders, as humans, as partners, as whatever it is, we tend to be confident in certain arenas where we have the most competence and we tend to lock ourselves in that room. And it just, I'm not going to do anything outside of the realm of that. I think that's the initial start. Where are you least confident in life? That is the bucket you have to start pouring into. I know it sounds overly simplistic, but it often is we avoid the things that we're not confident at. And we double down on the things that we're confident in because we are competent there. Let me just add to that too, Mike. One of the best things you can do when you're not confident is just tell people you're not. Even as a leader, if you're struggling with a certain thing and you come out and say, Mike, you know, I know I'm supposed to have the answers to all this, but I'm not really sure what to do. I kind of feel backed in a corner here and I'm not really sure what to do. I'm, I feel like I'm in over my head a little bit. That's a great conversation to have because it shows humility and it shows vulnerability. And you being vulnerable and humble will actually help you build confidence if you do it with the right people. So that's, a, that's just a, a tangent there. How do you continue growing your confidence? You continue expanding your comfort zone. That's the, really the, the only way. This podcast today, I had those moments before of, you know, when I saw the Zoom link and I was like, oh, this is like a special school Zoom link. This is like a whole thing. I had those moments of, can I answer the questions correctly? What if Mike doesn't like me? What if I don't add enough value? But most people don't admit that. So when you have imposter syndrome, you feel alone. I get imposter syndrome. I have been on 1400 podcasts or something at this point. I still get it frequently, but you have to check in with, okay, is this the fear telling me I can't do this? Let me see what happens. And usually it goes better than you think. And I do believe that imposter syndrome is a requirement for you doing something new because you either have imposter syndrome because you're doubting yourself or you assume it's going to go very, very well because you're very, very confident. And either way, you're going to get feedback. So no matter what, whether you're looking for confidence or you're looking for humility, action is the cure-all. Action will help you build confidence. And it'll also say, hey, you're not quite as good as you thought you were it's time to get a little bit better. So action really, it's, it's the recipe for, or I guess it's the prescription for many things. Uh, thanks so much. And yeah, I've said this on a few other episodes. I've heard this acronym for fear, which is false evidence appearing real. Mm -hmm. And whenever I get some of that imposter syndrome or that fear of leaning into that uncomfortable zone, I think about, okay, is this really false evidence appearing real or not? And that usually gets me through. Yeah. I also find once I get started, usually feel pretty good about what's happening. And yeah. you know, especially afterwards when you're debriefing and you're looking at it and say, okay, yeah, that was pretty good. And wasn't perfect because we're all human, but we can always get better, right? Yeah. And it didn't kill you. 
even if yeah. it goes wrong, it's like, well, that, you know, it wasn't painful and wasn't uncomfortable. Yeah. But there's lessons in the losses. That's another important thing is even if it goes badly, there's lessons there that you can use. My business partner has been saying this, this is his new quote, this year's losses are next year's wins. And this year's wins are probably next year's losses and then rinse and repeat forever. That's kind of the, the goal. Another thing we talk about in our programs is consistency. And we all have good days and bad days. We all make mistakes, but over time, it's easier to see what kind of a person you are and what kind of a leader somebody is when you look at the sum of their actions and their inactions. What message do you have for leaders when it comes to consistency? Yes. So one of the first things I always try to say is our identities run our lives. So if you have ever said to yourself, I'm just not a consistent person, I mean this with all the love in the world, you're wrong because humans are consistent. We're just consistent usually towards the path of least resistance. So number one, you have to check in with your identity. If you say to yourself, I'm not the type of person who exercises, I'm willing to bet you're probably not in very good shape. I'm not good with money. That kind of identity, you're probably not financially free. The consistency part is a very big part of that also. If you're not the type of person who tracks habits, quote unquote, that's going to be another thing. So that's the first thing I always like to say. Then I always try to break it into, okay, being consistent for the sake of consistency doesn't really work. So we have to attach something to it. So what are the main goals that you're trying to accomplish? For us, we broke it down into health, into wealth, and into love. So simple, simple habits. Okay. Under health, if you do these two things, your body will change in some way, shape, or form. Weigh yourself every morning and track what you eat. Those two simple things will bring you new awareness, which will allow you to have new behavior. Under wealth, track your finances and eliminate non-essential spending. If you don't need the coffee, don't buy the coffee. You can make it at home for far cheaper. I used to get Dunkin' Donuts every day. It was $4.17 times five, 20 bucks a week. That adds up. And then under love, and this is one that's just very, very, very left behind, I think. If you're in a relationship, every night before you go to bed, play the gratitude game. One thing you're grateful for about your partner, one thing they're grateful for about you. And then you can also do that with yourself. What are you grateful for about your life? And then maybe for you, um, you know, self-love is yoga or meditating or exercise, whatever it may be. If you do those six things, your life will look completely different. Now, here's the thing. They're not super challenging to do. They don't require a lot of time. What they do require is a lot of consciousness. You have to stay conscious. What we do is we track them in spreadsheets and we have an app that we created for that. But you have to have make them a part of your environment. Put them on your fridge. Put them on your bathroom mirror. Put them on your wall. When you're studying, you should see them. Those are very, very, very simple things. But no matter what you're doing, you have to try to find a way to make it simple. The simplest humanly possible. There's a reason I didn't say exercise an hour a day. That's too much. So make your habits as simple as possible. Make sure there's some sort of reward associated with them. And I would break them down to health, wealth, and love because that is a holistic approach to overall success. That's great advice. Thank you. Mm -hmm. As people rise up the leadership ranks and take on larger, more complex roles, the rewards increase, of course, along with pressure, stress, risk of making big mistakes that can really impact more than just you. Uh, and that's just on your, on the work life, right? You know, we're not even talking about personal life. 
we have to also think about finding that healthy balance between your work and personal life, uh, as well as personal challenges. So how can people navigate all of these demands and challenges so they can be the best at all aspects in their life? Mm. I think this is why self-improvement is so important. I think this is why personal development is so important. I had a conversation with one of my friends the other day, and he's in real estate, and he's moving up the leadership. And I said, do you know why I know that you're more capable of running this business than your mentor? Because you are more into self-improvement than he is. And everything else is just numbers. And you know numbers better than he does too, because you're in finance. But if the conversation was, when you become more competent as a human being through self-improvement, I don't want to say everything gets easier because it doesn't, but things, um, you react to things a little bit differently. So if you think about it, when you are constantly pouring into yourself, the external world will impact you a little bit less. If you've ever met somebody who nothing really seems to phase them, it's just like, yeah, you know, everything's, it's okay. Like I know everything's going to be fine. Odds are they've worked on themselves at a very, very, very deep level. And they understand that they, number one, they believe in their own unique abilities. Number two, they realize that it's going to take a lot more externally to shake me than whatever is happening here. I really think the answer is self-improvement. So I'm getting ready for a, a wedding. I'm leaving actually Sunday. I'm eloping in Colorado. And there are so many things going on right now in my life. I am the busiest, most stressed I've ever been. But in a way, it's also the easiest it's ever been. And the reason is because I've been working on myself. I make sure I take time to meditate because that helps fill my cup. I make sure I get a half hour of rest and relaxation every day because that fills my cup. I make sure I'm learning in different arenas because when you learn and your awareness is higher, things don't, don't impact you the same. So to your point about this episode, when things get difficult, whether it's at work, whether it's in life, I think you have to fall back to your level of self-improvement, your self-improvement set point, because that's going to dictate how big it really impacts you. And then the second thing I'd say, Mike, is you got to rely on the people around you. If you have a tight knit group of people around you who you trust, you believe in, you can be vulnerable with, you can share your feelings, you can share your thoughts with them. I think the, the best leaders in the world have people that they can lean on. And I think that's, that's an important piece for a leader is you lead by doing. So if there's people in your life who are looking up to you, you can always say, hey, I need a hand. I need a shoulder. I need a, I need a piece of advice. I need to vent. I think that's another important part too. I'm really glad you brought up the importance of support systems. It's something that I talk about a lot and preach constantly. And over my career, as I've expanded my support system, it's gotten a lot easier when things get tough. Yeah, it's so important. Mike, from your experience, I'm sure you've seen it at times where leaders think that they're supposed to know everything. And I think we're moving into this new time where people value the relationship just as much as anything else. I have, I've been on calls with our team where I'm like crying. I mean, not because I want the attention or anything like that, but it's like, I'm really struggling. I want you to know that I'm struggling and I trust you enough to see that because I know that will help our relationship and leadership is based on relationship, not fear, not scarcity. It's now relationship more than anything. So you have to lead through example and example requires vulnerability oftentimes. Absolutely. You have to be vulnerable. And over the years, what I see a lot of is what I call the, the hero leader, mm. uh, where somebody feels like they have to have all the answers. And 
maybe it's because their team has shrunk and they're, you know, more is on their shoulders, or maybe they're just a new leader and don't realize that they need to get more things done and can actually get a lot more done through the power of others instead of through, oh, maybe got them that promotion, which is being really good at something. And then feel comfortable showing different emotions, right? There's times when you can be really upset and be mad. There's times when you can be really emotionally upset and, and vulnerable as well. So uh, yeah, I think it's all important and there's a time and place for everything. All right. So we got a little more time left here. What final advice do you have for our audience as they set out to continuously improve themselves? I would say that your life is going to end up being a direct result of your habits. You might not see it now, but you will in five years. In five years, you'll see exactly whether or not everything you've been doing is paying off. And you just have to trust that it is. Humans have to have three beliefs in order to make a new action, to build a new habit, to try something new. Number one, they must believe it is humanly possible. Number two, they must believe it is possible for them. Number three, they must believe it's worth it. I find that people really struggle with the worth it part. You have to believe that the habits, that the leadership, that the vulnerability, that the community, that the commitment, that the courage, you have to believe that that will all ultimately be worth it for you, the self-improvement. If you do, you are way more likely to stick with everything that you're doing, and you're way more likely to make it to where you ultimately want to go. But you must believe it will be worth it. Will it be worth all the work and all the, the mirrors and the awareness? If you think so, you're way more likely to accomplish it. Thank you so much for making time in your schedule to talk with me. I know it's a busy week and a busy time for you and to also share some great advice uh, with everybody so we can all be more successful in improving ourselves. If any of our listeners are interested in hearing more from you, where can we point them to? Yeah, we have a podcast called Next Level University. We do seven episodes a week and it's all about holistic self-improvement. So a lot of the things that Mike and I talked about today, we're on all the podcast platforms as well as YouTube. So if you want more, we are happy to, to be there for you. Wonderful. I'll include that link in the show notes for easy access for everybody. And in closing, I'd like to take a moment and thank our listeners. We wish you the best of luck as you move forward on your leadership journey. Please check back regularly for additional episodes.